Good evening. Welcome back to the Go Deep Podcast. I don't know why I paused there. My bad, y'all. <laughs> we're going to welcome you anyways. Keep it moving. This is your host, Eric Ramirez. You can find me at all my social medias at the Eric Ramirez. Uh, I'm here, as usual, with my two hosts. No special guests this week because we're losers. We couldn't find anybody else to get on. But <laughs> someone who's not a loser, my good friend, the gambling man himself, Vegas's very own most wanted, Lauren. How's it going, guys? How's it going? This is Lauren. You can find me uh, on Twitter at the underscore heap 21. I'm a Washington football fan, Wizards fan, anything DC sports related. So I'm riding high this week based on everybody's wins. Uh, I'm feeling really good. Can't wait to talk about it. We've we've had a great week of sports here in DC, but I'll pass it on over to AJ now. Yeah, this is AJ coming to you live from Shady Grove, Maryland. Uh, you can find me on socials in general at Dunedin Jets, uh, Twitter and Instagram in particular. Uh, and uh, I am a Washington sports fan, except for my beloved Baltimore Orioles, who are uh, uh, blessedly uh, in the offseason, so they can't screw anything up. And I've been very happy to watch the Washington sports uh, just take over this this pa- the past couple of days. I, I, I'm not used to the wins this close together. Y'all are going to have to not keep that so concentrated because it just it blows my mind every time. You know, it's just like when you have you smoke too much weed, you just it, I, I can't I can't I can't do it. You guys are going to have me out of space. So stop winning so much. Or at least spread them out, you know, or at least get me used to it. Something we got it. We got to deal with this. No, no, no. Keep winning as much as you can. So bring home the championships. That's what I got to say. Bring home the titles. Now, <laughs> speaking. <laughs> so speaking on like all these upsets and like Washington just absolutely on fire over the past week. Washington did it. The Washington football team took down Tom Brady and the Buccaneers this past weekend. Lauren was there. I was there. AJ unfortunately was not there, but he was in spirit. Guys, how are you feeling after that win, man? Suck it, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great win overall. They, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was unexpected. You know, if you, uh, as you were, as uh, I assume you were listening last week, we all went that we all thought Tom Brady coming out of a bye would just. Uh, slap us around and, and, and embarrass us. But, no, it was a great win. Uh, the defense showed up and, you know, two quick turno- turnovers on Tom. We they, The defense set the tone early. It was really what it was. I'll, I, I'll never forget seeing um, their first third down for Tampa Bay. Uh, it was like a third and eight, and Tom went to – Tom held the ball for half a second too long, and Jonathan Allen clobbered him. Um, and, I mean, just late – I mean, just watching Jonathan Allen flash through the line and just clobber Tom and put him on the in the grass was just – I just knew once I saw that I said, okay, okay. They came to the boys came to play today. The defensive line came to play. The yeah. the 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 secondary came to play. Like you could just tell. And the other great thing I was was noticing was the way they were using Landon Collins. They he's a he's he's adapted to the role of that sort of um, Ron had a name for it this morning, but pretty much essentially playing linebacker slash safety. So what they did a lot in the last game to confuse Tom was they'd have him line up in almost like a three look, and then he'd run into the box real quick, and so it looked it went back into a Tampa two, and so he'd run in and play linebacker to throw Tom off, and it was. Uh, you know, the way they've used him, he's taken well to it. Uh, he's, he's filling his role. Well, Taylor played well, made the right throws at the right times. Um, you know, I was a little nervous at first when we were trading field, you know, we got, we turned, we turned Tom over and we're just kicking field goals, but the, what encapsulated it all for me was getting the ball back with about 10 55 left on the clock and Taylor leading a 10 minute, I think it was 19 play yard drive. 
that was a yeah, 19-play yard drive for 80 yards for 10 minutes and 26 seconds. And I was sitting by myself, so I looked at the guys around me, and I was like, fellas, we need them to, we need a drive here, guys. Like, we need a, we need an 80-yard drive for a touchdown to win this game. Not, did I not know that it would be a whole 10 minutes and 30 seconds, which is unheard of and unreal. So the upset was great. Being there in the environment was awesome. The, the, the people around me, I didn't know, but we had a great time, obviously, because we won. So it was just an all-around great game. Yeah, I mean, we def- you definitely didn't expect anything like that. Uh, I think it was a genius move on the part of uh, the Washington football team to uh, prevent Tom Brady from beating you by holding the ball for literally 10 minutes uh, and scoring at the end of a drive. Uh, because, you know what, Tom Brady can't beat you when he's on the field. So uh, so that was, that was uh, really, really amazing to watch. I thought Taylor Heineke was, um, you know, in the past, his performances have been bad. He's been... Uh, throwing the ball behind his guys. He's not, he's not looked sharp on his timing and everything. Um, he's been a little bit indecisive. And today he was the opposite or that day, or at least Sunday, he was the opposite of that. It was, it was, the ball was out on time. Uh, it went to the, to the person it was supposed to go to at, at the times it was supposed to get there. Um, and that, I think that's, I think that's really key. DeAndre Carter continues to impress me as a wide receiver. Um, I think he's, in my opinion, uh, even when some of our other guys get back, I feel like he's earned some, some slot rotations in my opinion. Um, I think the defensive line was extremely impressive, especially considering the fact that uh, Montez Sweat is still out, our standout uh, defensive end. And the other defensive end, Chase Young, unfortunately went out with a uh, season-ending ACL injury um, in the, I believe it was his first or second quarter. Um, so uh, the, the fact that Tom Brady looked so uncomfortable in the pocket when he was uh, when he was uh, graced with a chance to be there in the first place is, is, is astounding. Um, and shout out to John Allen for just being a completely insane uh, inside defender. Uh, on that line. Um, and then, it, you know, I, I want to send a shout out to Mac for calling the game out. Uh, you guys heard it first on, on go deep pod. Um, but, uh, but also like, I think something that he said um, when he was talking about how, um, how defensive coordinators are thinking about the game. I, I think you've seen an example of that with Landon Collins, right? I mean, he's a guy that, you know, you want to, you want to classify him as traditional safety, but he's really not necessarily that good when he's dropped back in coverage. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Jack Del Rio finding a way to get him involved um, in, in sort of a sort of an amorphous um, linebacker slash safety look. Um, sometimes dropping back into that Tampa two, sometimes uh, guarding part of the field on a on a cover three, and sometimes just being down there in the box to disrupt a running play, unexpected run, um, you know, and and disguising it so Tom Brady can't see. It was it was it was a really impressive game to watch. Uh, I was not expecting us to win that game, um, and uh, and wow, I you know. Obviously, I was I was happy. I was losing my mind while I was watching it. So, uh, Eric, you were there. Like, what was it like for you? Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I, I thought it was, like you said, you know, the real put Collins, you put your athletes in the best position so that they can win their matchups. And that's exactly what the real's finally getting to do. And I think part of that is Collins finally buying into it. Because if I'm not mistaken, early in the offseason, he was like, no, I'm, I'm just a safety. I'm not a linebacker. And, like, as his seasons progressed, you can kind of tell that he's had to like bite his tongue a little bit and just he's got to play where he's got to play because he's not doing it where he was originally. Um, but if there's one thing I know is that, you know, if you make Tom Brady uncomfortable, like that first hit on him by Allen, um, once you get once he gets a taste of that, it's like he's unsettled for the rest of the rest of the game. Like something about those hits just knock out Brady's psyche. For whatever, you've seen it time and time again, like in the playoffs. Um, you've seen it against the Jets, against the Bills, against the Dolphins, um, and it's like that's his kryptonite. If he's got, if he's got the time in the clean pocket, 
he's going to pick you apart. But if he knows that you're coming right around that edge, it's a wrap. And your defensive line, even when you lost Chase Young, like that moment was kind of, it kind of deflated the whole stadium because everybody's like holding their breath. Just they, you see him like writhing on the ground. He's in pain. They, they brought out the cart and you're like, oh no. And then like he, he managed to hop off on his own on a torn ACL, which is nuts. But I think that moment also, like when, as he's hopping off on his own, let your, like the defense know, like, yo, we got, we're still some dogs out here. We still got to fight. And you guys, I, I haven't seen that defense play that hard in a minute. Like that defense literally, like Lauren said, came out to play was, was full go from the first snap. Um, it was, I mean, it was awesome being in the stadium. I saw, I saw, I saw Washington fans start like punching the hell out of a Packers fan right in, like literally three rows in front of us in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so, you know, everybody was pumping. Yeah, no, for sure. No, Eric, and just to add on to that, so look out for Casey Tuhill and Shaka Tony. Uh, I think they're going to be some studs moving forward. Casey Tuhill filled in Chase Young's role uh, as a as a DN and played well. Um, another guy to look out for, and a shout out to uh, Mr. Funa who gave us uh, the naming rights is Bumi Rat. I'm going to butcher his last name. Ratamini, I think. Ratini. AJ might Ratini. look it up. Ratini. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna be a, be a big part of the big part of the team now. He's now second string. He's now behind Jonathan Smith Williams on the roster, and he's a he's a uh, so you know the uh, uh, what was I trying to say? Like uh, so, Mister Poon is a close friend of the of us and a close friend of the show, and gave us the gave us the idea for the name of the podcast. Uh, it's his, it's his cousin. So I've been looking out for him and been watching his name on the roster and the waiver wires. But now he's got a chance to play. And now and what I read a tweet the other day from one of the. Um, sports reporters for the Washington football team was stating that he was going to now get a lot of playing time. So he's going to have to step up and fill a role. So it'll be fun to see this. It'll be interesting to see how this defense responds to losing Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And we'll see what we do when we roll into Carolina. Yeah, luckily I feel like your D-line is one of your strengths. You know, you have you got, you got a bunch of guys on the front who are just studs, know how to play, can hold it down. And we saw it against Tampa. Um Y'all got another good matchup this week in in Carolina, you know, against the Panthers. Because um, that should be – I feel like that's an offensive line that you guys should just handle. Um, even even down to, to your best rushers. I mean, I feel like it's if, – if you do what you're supposed to do, um, then we'll see, you know, Washington come out with a win and you should feel a little bit better about where your defensive line is at. So we'll see what happens. Um, it, was, it was definitely a fun upset. Um, yeah, hold on. I, I just want to add – I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the Tom Brady press conference after where he was like visibly angry uh, yeah. <laughs> at all the questions being asked. So I uh, just want to just want to, sh- you know, say shout out to the Washington football team. Anytime you can make Tom Brady look like that, uh, it's worth it. Uh, love to see the little the, his like pretty boy, like Superman, Clark Kent persona. I love to see that mask clip. It's, it's great. Uh, we need more of that in the NFL and uh, suck it, Tom. <laughs> Did you see what uh, Bruce Arian said? Did you hear what Bruce Arian said? No, what did he say? He, he was like, uh, so someone said something about jumping off sides on like their first play of the game, and he was like, "Yeah, that's a stupid play. We got we got to cut out the stupid plays. We can't be being stupid." And so when Tom came up, one of the reporters was like, "The last question, I guess they asked him. Well, the last question that Tom let them ask him was like, "Hey, so uh, Bruce said that uh, you know you guys got to cut back on the stupid plays like jumping off sides." And Tom looked at the reporter like. Yeah, and then stood up and walked off. Just stood up and just left. And stood up and just walked out. It's essentially he was just like, 
Yeah, and then just got up and left. Like you could did he was he was livid. I don't know when the last time he's lost coming out of a bye, but I'm pretty sure it's either been a never or a long time. It's probably been a long time. This has been a long time since I've seen him flip at a com- press conference like that, honestly. So yeah, it was fun to see. <laughs> um we got a we had a couple a couple primetime upsets this week too. Uh Thursday night, the freaking Freaking Dolphins took it to the Ravens. Um, did you guys man? Did you did y'all watch that game? Either one of you? I watched the second half. Um, it was pretty funny. Um, so basically, uh, the story of the game was the Miami Dolphins defense sending extremely creative and um, uh, like like well disguised blitz packages at Lamar. Um, and what they would do is they would just put basically they would just put all the linebackers in the in the defensive line just in the box, and then drop they would either drop people or send them, uh, you know they send a bunch of zero blitzes and that's what people kind of remember because they remember seeing all the people in the box. But the thing that was more remarkable to me wasn't the zero blitzes, it was uh, it was dropping, you know it was the various disguises to it. Sometimes dropping a, a defensive lineman back into the into the um, into where the linebackers would be sometimes, uh, you know, sending two linebackers uh, and sen- like sending, sending one linebacker and then sending a defensive back like a corner um, into, into on the, on the blitz and dropping a defensive end out into the flats uh, in a, in a cover two look. Um, it, it was, it was, it was creative um, and it was obviously effective. Lamar did not know what he was doing or did not know where he was throwing the ball or, or where his guys would be open. Um, and they couldn't make any big plays because the the safeties were were back so deep. So um, it, it was. I would like to. I would love to see film of that game because I think it would be interesting to see what Lamar is seeing um, when he's watching film. Because I wonder uh, if you know, you know, if he's thinking like, oh man, I could have, I could have, we could hit somebody in the middle of the field here or whatever. Um, because I think you could have. Because I think the skill the skill players for the for the Ravens are better than you know your your defensive linemen in coverage. Um, but the thing was that they were in the right positions to make the play. So it, 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 it that's what caused the, the dolphins to dolphins defense to be so effective. Um, and then they, their offense just didn't have to win. So it was, it was a, it was a well-played game by the dolphins. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it's the, look, the AFC, it's interesting. Like I've seen a lot of uh, people on Twitter be like, oh man, I can't read the AFC. And it's just like, look, it's not the AFC. It's just the NFL. you you know, any given Sunday, anything can happen. It's not, there's no guarantees. So sometimes you just go out there and you get whooped. That's just kind of what happens. Yeah, no. So the interesting thing, right? So that was what I was going to get into about the game was like you pointed out, they were, they literally were sending the house at multiple. I think it was uh, their, their blitz rate that night was the highest rate among any NFL team in the, like in this year alone. They sent their they blitzed their safeties twenty four out of forty eight plays. That's fifty percent. That is the highest number we've seen since like two thousand fifteen. Like that is crazy. So what they ended up doing was like you're you're sending at least I don't know, six seven eight people on a given play. Lamar can't scramble outside because he's got he's got guys like screaming on the edge. You, you clog up all the running lanes that he would have up like anywhere in the middle and he's just he doesn't have time to throw so I it was a brilliant I mean brilliant game plan Lauren did you did you see anything anything from that game 
Yeah, no, it looked like the my my like you said it was a brilliant game plan. Um, they literally it, to me it seemed like their whole theory was collapse them in the pocket, keep them in the pocket, and collapse them in it, and then just bring more guys and they can block. Point blank, period. I've learned that in in uh, the NFL that if if depending on it, so if you're bringing enough guys and you're pressuring the QB and his 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 mental clock speeds up, right? Maybe not, you know, you, you hit him a few times, his mental clock starts speeding up, and then he glances over and sees Mark Andrews, but he sees maybe it's like it's AJ said, a defensive end in coverage, but all he has to see is that that jersey and goes, Oh, he's covered, you know, and then he holds it for a half second longer than he should, even not even ha- like half a second, half a half a second. That gives that defense enough time to come in and maybe hit him, or maybe he pulls the ball down. So, you know. The Miami, you were right. They, they, the, the blitzes they they sent were, uh, were, were perfect, and they were because they have to be against someone like Lamar, and they were, and, and the, the, the looks they gave him confused him just enough, um, and you know he still battled and battled through it, you know, still threw for two hundred and thirty eight yards, and, and um, still tried to tried to uh, still tried to carry the team, but to a certain point. You know, there's only so much he can do when you're sending so many people. You're sending more people than they can block. And Miami just drew it up, drew it up perfectly, that defense. And so, uh, yeah, no, it was a shocker to me. Um, You know, I thought that they could – I thought Lamar was going to walk over this Miami team, and they came out and they played. And, you know, the other thing is they asked to put into it – the Miami put into it again. And, um, Eric, you said something, I think, in our our group chat that's like when you bring in uh, a backup, the team's not really game plan for them. You know, it brings a different element. And I guess, too, is in the backup, he's their starter maybe at this point. I'm not sure what that whole dynamic is actually in Miami, but, you know, they brought in a whole different guy. So the Ravens defense had to adjust. And, you know, I think they just caught the Ravens on an off night and they beat them. You know, AJ said it earlier. It's any given Sunday. These, You know what? It doesn't matter if the team's 0-8. Those guys are also professional athletes as well. So they can show up and they can they can, they can can play their hearts out too. So, yeah, I think Miami just grew up just, just uh, you know, it was a Thursday night game. They got up for it and they were ready to go. Um, and I think they caught the Ravens after uh, – I think the Ravens played an overtime game the week before or played a late game. And, you know, yeah. I think they just caught the caught the Ravens at the right time and showed up and just punched them in the mouth and the Ravens didn't respond. Then now, now that being that being said, this isn't – I think the Ravens do make the playoffs and, you know, have a, have a decent shot of doing well but you know it's it's that any given sunday mentality so yeah no it was um it was definitely a sh- one of the one of the more shocking upsets but not as shocking to me as the la rams losing to the san francisco 49ers just last night or yeah just last night i mean that was i i i didn't think that the rams could lose like that against the 49ers team that's like the 49ers are to me are, are one of those teams that's like when they when they feel like playing well they will um because like their head coach is not he's not like a schmuck but um like I for one I, I don't trust Jimmy G I know that they win a lot while he's under center but he seems to me like he's like Mark Sanchez if Mark Sanchez didn't throw as many interceptions like this is literally what it is like the guys he's not gonna carry you to a dub he's just gonna do enough and um so I think sometimes they went in spite of Jimmy G, but that defense, man, what well, I don't they had Matthew Stafford seeing ghosts. I don't Lauren, I know this is the team that you picked to like, you know, go all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, what do you walk away thinking after like last night's game? No, it definitely caught me off guard. Um, I thought that they would show up, but I always so San Francisco to me with Kyle Shanahan, he's always to me, he's always had like this 
he he gets his players up for primetime games, and I don't know if it's he gets his players up, but it, San Francisco I've always felt like shows up when they're they're on like a Monday night or a Thursday night or a Sunday night game. They show up and they play well. That I think they play well to this extent where they blow out the the Rams. No, I don't. I think that the Rams is they've added all these new pieces. I think they're trying to trying to get the pieces to to sink in. They've they've um and uh, I think they're that's that's essentially what it is. I think they'll they'll hit their stride. Uh, I don't think, um, you know, like one of Matt Stafford's interceptions was he was throwing it to OBJ and apparently and OBJ stopped his route. And I think that was just a miscommunication and he threw in a double coverage. And I, I think that's just, you know, everybody's trying to get on the same page here. I think that, they, you know, they've just added Von Miller, just added OBJ, some more practice time. I think they'll get the ball rolling. This is the second half of the season, right? They're seven and three at the second half of the season. And the 49ers are four and five. I guarantee you the 49ers would switch place with the Rams if they could, you know, the four and the Rams are four and one and away. So, you know, they they tend to they tend to dominate away games. They tend to dominate. I think that they'll they'll bounce back next week, and I think that they'll 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 win their they'll they'll continue to win and have a have a good season. Um, the forty I think the 49ers just came out and punched them in the mouth. Like I said, that running game, uh, um, the the nice switch of having having Debo Samuel in the backfield, you know, that kind of threw people off. Uh, Elijah Mitchell went off too for nine, 27 carries and 91 yards. I think they just should they just. The the 49ers just game plan was just to play solid defense and run the ball, and they did exactly that. Dude, they were so. gashing them. Oh man, for yards, for I mean, multiple it was yards. Nuts. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like Debo, like the runs from Debo Samuel to me were wild. Even though he only had 36 yards, it was like anytime he touched the ball, he was like 10 yards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, it just and then you know that like you said, they were just they came out. I think the first play of the second half, they ran for like 15 yards. I think I was pretty sure it was like I think it was Elijah Mitchell took it. You know, so they just they just showed up and they just punched the Rams in the mouth. It was one of those things like AJ said, any given Sunday, you know, they showed up. 49ers showed up. It was at home. They just showed up, punched punched the Rams in the mouth, and 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 came and. and Beat them, beat them handily. But I think the Rams bounce back next week. I think once they get Von Miller incorporated more, once they get uh, Odell incorporated more, that he gets a better understanding. They get more comfortable with each other. The the they'll start they'll start re- reeling off wins again. Yeah. AJ, what did you think about last night's game? Yeah, I mean, I think like it was it was real systematic destruction of the of the of the Rams uh, offense in particular. Um, I mean, to say nothing of their defense. Um, I uh, I don't have any much to add beyond what Lauren was saying. Besides uh, that, I wanted to highlight um, that we almost had a butt interception yes uh, yesterday, which I thought was or the other day, which I thought was very good. Um, we need more of those uh, in our lives. Uh, and uh, besides, aside from that, uh, it was a rather boring game because uh, because the 49ers really really took and Debo Samuel just showed how how amazing he is. He's playing right. He's playing out of his mind. Um, I look forward to seeing the Rams get themselves together because I think they could be, uh, I, I think it's funny to watch them sort of sell out literally like the next two or three years of their draft picks to try and win immediately. Um, <laughs> Cause it's like, it's like, bro, that seems like a very obviously bad bet, but you're doing it anyway. So it's like, you just kind of, it's, it's almost with like the same type of energy where you're like in, in a casino and you see somebody put all their money on like red like just all of their money, like all their chips. And you're just like, all right, bro, like you could hit and this could be really good or you could not. And it's going to be really funny (laughs) to watch you like to watch you wipe out. Uh, So, you know, good luck to the Rams on that one. I'm I'm happy to watch the the roulette wheel spin around. Um, But uh, yeah. That, that reminds me of the uh did you guys hear about Les needs kids giving him the mug that says, fuck those picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. good. Uh, that's, AJ, hilarious. that's literally what 
<laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Lesney is, is the GM for the Rams for our listeners. Uh, so, yeah, he's been busy um, trading for literally some of the best players in the league and just just sending all of the Rams future draft picks to, to other teams for that. But privilege. look, look, in my opinion, as a GM, that's what you do. If you if you're at the table and they're Rams to me, the personally, the Rams are at the table of being one of the, being a Super Bowl contender. You push your chips in if you can and you go all in. Now, don't get me wrong. You could bust and you could lose the house, but you could also hit and you could win. So, like, you know, it's like that. Uh, it's like Justin Tucker kicking that field goal. You know, wow, way to lose it on 62. Wow, way to lose it. Or you could hit it. He could hit it and be the and be the man. And, you know, right. he hit it. You know, so we'll see. I think as a GM, I think as a GM, you have to look at what you got. Look at where you're at. And, and especially in the NFL. This isn't like the NBA. The NFL, one season is completely different from the next, I feel like. Like, you, you can't recreate that magic every season. Like, it, it, it's really hard, which is what makes the Patriots do what they did for as long as they did so special. But anyway, um, you when you think you've got it, you've got to put – I feel like you got to push them all in now, and you've got to – because next year everybody's a year older, and in the NFL that's like adding like ten like five years on your body. Yep. So, like, I think you push it all in now. You do what you got to do. You sacrifice the future for a championship. And, look, Cleveland did it, and they paid for it for years. You know, but they got one. You know, teams do it all the time, and they they I'm at Cleveland Cavaliers, sorry, I did it, and they got one with LeBron, and they paid for it for years, trading first round draft picks and things like that. So I think that's what that's what they do, and that's what you do. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. But you got to you got to you got to play the hand. You got to play the hand while you're hot. And I think right now they're they're trying to strike while the iron's hot. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, the t- Tampa Bay did it, and they beat the Chiefs. I mean, they brought in Antonio Brown. Um, they brought in Fournette. <laughs> like they just did a. They got Gronkowski out of retirement, so it's the same principle, right? But it's like my view of it is like with Odell, right? You don't, you, you just never know what you're gonna get with Odell, season to season, because he's just like he just seems so choosy. He, he seems like like he knows he's one of the best, so it's like he lets it get to his head and. Von Miller's like on the tail end, on the toilet of his career and whatnot. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, they're yeah. still a great team. I'm not, I'm not like panicking about the Rams. It was just one of those eye opening. I think what they tried to do was rush everything in, like all the pieces in too quickly, and it it created some kind of like disconnect uh, for the rest of the team. So, uh, anyways, not really an upset of the week, but <laughs> but something unusual that we haven't quite seen in a while. The Detroit Lions did not lose, but they did not win <laughs> as they tied against the Pittsburgh Steelers. AJ, you just you feel for the city of Detroit uh, at this point. It's like, come on, guys! Like, what was like, that you told me before stream? Uh, it, like the head. Oh, so one of my favorite websites, Defector, has this had this headline that was like, even when the Detroit Lions don't lose, they still can't win, uh, and it's it's. It's just correct. Like the poor, the poor city of Detroit just deserves a win so much. This Lions team is scrappy. It's given a lot of teams a run for their money, and they just can't seem to get over that hump. It was an ugly, ugly day at Heinz Field in Pennsylvania uh, this this past week. Uh, too much rain. It was a wet and muddy field. Couldn't really throw the ball down the field or anything like that. It's uh, and, and you know. On games like that, it's like you know, what are you gonna do? It's it's like the it's like the forces of nature, God, uh, you know, the 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 the, the spirits 
They're just against you at this point. You know, somebody somebody has stuck a pin through the coach of the Detroit Lions' voodoo doll, and it's just not going to come out. Uh, the football anytime. gods. The exactly. football gods. Like, they've got to sacrifice a small goat. Uh, they've got to clean the water in Flint. Got to clean the water in Flint. You got to do something uh, because Ford, at this point. get rid of Ford. Yeah, Ford, any Ford, Ford. Like, something has to happen to get this Detroit Lions team to win a football game. Uh, the players deserve it. The fans deserve it. Uh, I can't say the Ford executives deserve it, but but everyone else does. Yeah, screw those guys. Um, but, man, I feel terrible for the city of Detroit, man. Uh, but if it makes you feel any better, spoiler alert, I'm picking you guys to win this week. I think you guys can beat the Browns. There you go. Hey, yo. Lauren, what did you think about the tie, bro? I couldn't believe it was a tie. So, uh, as AJ said, the uh, they clearly Detroit. And I think it's probably with the Ford, you know, like the whole Ford family that took over Detroit, probably like pissed off the football guy just because of them being like the horrible human beings that they are. Uh, and uh, so, like, you know, they get the ball to start the fourth. They get the ball, I feel, I feel like, to start, I think, overtime here is what I'm seeing. And, uh, you know, they have to punt. But then two plays in, the Steelers fumble the ball. You know, give it right back to them for a shot here. Uh, so you know they have a the 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 uh, Lions here have a five play twenty five yard drive and miss the field goal. Okay, Bruh. they miss it. <laughs> right. So uh, the Steelers get the, the ball. The field back. was wet. It was wet. It was a wet field. It's they just they couldn't. They do just it, missed it. So the Steelers get Steelers get the ball back. Their defense holds them on that drive to only looks like fifteen yards. So they punt. Lions get the ball back again. They didn't get. They didn't move the ball at all. Uh, then the Steelers get the ball back. So there's Steelers, uh, but the Steelers fumble the ball and give the ball back to the Lions, and they still can't capitalize and score. So it's clearly the football guys are just 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 raining fire down on the Lions and Detroit, and do not want them to have any sort of happiness and just want sadness in their whole lives. So oh that's essentially what it seems like to me. And uh, as for reference, I think the football gods still hate them, and I don't have them winning this week. But that's just that's just me. Ever the realist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ye of little faith. I mean, it's the Detroit Lions. What can you do? Well, we're heading into, here we are heading into week 11 of the 17-week season. Um, so a little a little delayed here for this, but mid-season recap, um, I, I just want to touch on the three local teams and just kind of get a feel. Well, actually, it's the two local teams and then my sorry-ass team. Uh, but I just want to, <laughs> I just want to get a, you know, get your feels, your thoughts and opinions on, on, on like, you know, what do you guys think, think about your team's current state of affairs, you know? So, like, speaking about the Washington football team, for example, um, you guys have had to fight through a lot of adversity. I mean, you got the whole Dan Snyder shenanigans. You got the DEA raiding your raiding your training facility. The article that's, like, or the investigation that still hasn't been released and is, like, not going away anytime soon. Uh, now you lost Chase Young. You, Ryan Fitzpatrick is confirmed out for the season. I mean, how do, how do you guys feel about um, where you are as a team, like as a fan, what do you think of the seasons thus far and moving forward? Um, Lauren, let's start with you, man. We're looking up. No, after all that, we're looking up, you know. No, we're uh, so it's uh, it's been a turbulent season. Um, it, it almost feels like a, to me, a lot of the fan base. I listen to a lot of the local media. I listen to a lot of the, the so I listen to a lot of take 
let them take a lot of callers. And a lot of people, just based off last year's performance, assumed that we were going to probably be this like great team. And I, I assume a lot of it was riding on the defense. And for me, it's for me, I have to I try to always try to put things in perspective. We're playing with our second string quarterback. We don't have our one of our top assets that we signed in the offseason, um, like Curtis Samuel. He's hurt. Logan Thomas has been hurt, who's another red zone threat. Um, so uh, uh, Antonio Gibson hasn't been healthy since the season started. So don't get me wrong. If we have a full, if we have everybody healthy and ready to go, you know, maybe we're in a different spot. Maybe our, our team looks a little bit different. We win some games. We shouldn't have won like that Detroit game. Maybe if, uh, or not Detroit, excuse me, the Denver game, you know, maybe if Fitzpatrick's our quarterback and our defense is healthy, we got a healthy Curtis Samuel matching up with Terry. We've scored, you know, we score a little bit, we score a little bit more, but, um, I think we're – I kind of had us right around here, around the bye. Uh, I, I had us winning a few more games maybe, um, but uh, right around here is kind of where I had us. I didn't have us be, the, beating the Buccaneers. But I think going forward, you know, it's going to be interesting. The The win against Tampa obviously gives, I feel like, a lot of local people a lot of hope in, in, in that, in the sense that especially because coming up is the Panthers and the Seahawks, who people feel like the Panthers are a beatable team at this point in the season, and same with the Seahawks. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe rip off these two and then everybody, I feel like, uh, everybody in this town is singing praises, how we're going to make the Super Bowl and the, or not make, make the playoffs in that seventh seed. But to me, a lot of it comes down to the, uh, divisional games in that last stretch, you know, um, can we rip off some of those? Is there any sort of, is there any sort of sense in trying to rip off some of those? Is Taylor our future? Kind of things like that. So I had us about here. Um, don't get me wrong. I didn't have us, uh, AJ was sending me today that there is, you know, a shot, a chance that we could get to the seventh seed, you know, if we rip off some wins here coming up. But I think that in perspective, us having three wins with our second string quarterback, losing, uh, lost one of our big off, lost two of our big free agent offseason signings, which was Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we assume would come in and help, you know, make this offense stable and, and Curtis Samuel for pretty, for the year. Ryan Fitzpatrick's out for the year now. Curtis Samuel's probably done for the year. I don't see why we would try to risk him coming back and re-aggravating it at this point. Just let him rest and come and just, and just come back. So, you know, we, you know, if we win, if we, if we beat the Panthers and we beat the Seahawks and we do this pot, or, you know, we'll do the pot again at that point, then, you know, I'm probably got some optimism and rolling and see where we're at. But I think, right. I think we're right where we're supposed to be at this point. And, and in my personal opinion, after the um, bye week where, where I had us at about two and six or three and six, I, I just say go for draft picks at that point. But that's just me. I don't really care to see us in a seventh seed and get whooped, get waxed by some first from first place team. It'd be fun. I'll enjoy it if we make it. But I had to sit about here. We'll see what they can do. We'll see what sort of fight they have left in them. Who knows? Maybe some of the, you know some of these guys we lost with Chase Young and um, Montez Sweat and you know some other injuries. Maybe these guys step up. Maybe Andre Carter. Um, you know he's already played well. He's been a stud. Maybe he shows up as a clear cut receiver we can sign long term. And you know he's been a journeyman. Maybe he play balls out. We find someone we have there. Maybe we find a great backups for Taylor and Chase, or uh, I mean, I said Taylor and Chase. I mean Chase and Montez. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what we have. Uh, I think these next two weeks are going to be telling. If we drop these next two games, to me, it's go for draft picks. I, I, I would care less if we finish second in the division. If we, if that meant we drop out of the top ten of picks. Um, so to me, it's let's see how these next two weeks, two weeks go, but I had to sit about here at this point, uh, at this point anyway, but at the same time, like I said, I feel like it's all perspective. We, we, we don't have our starting QB or one of our, one of our best free agent assets and guys are hurt. So, but AJ, I'll let you talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I don't necessarily disagree with much of that assessment, but I think that, um, 
uh, I think we're still in it. I think at this point you can't you can't quite give up. So um, so I agree. This middle part of the season is going to be pretty huge in determining you know what we're going to do. Um, the big obstacle, obviously, is going to be the Cowboys. But again, in these uh, in the in these divisional games, you just have no idea that any any outcome could 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 present itself um, on, on any given Sunday. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe we get consistent. Uh, we just don't know. You know, I, I feel like you know if we're going to sum up things half se- halfway through the season with the with the Washington football team, like what you have is a big question mark. Um, and on, on if you had to uh, like have a scale between like um, you know zero to one hundred, how good is this team? You kind of it's you're hovering right around the fifty percent mark, probably fifty percent to thirty five, in my opinion, um, based on how they've played so far. You know, and we just saw in a game uh, against Tampa like how good they can be. You know, so it's just it's 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 a crapshoot in a lot of ways. Um, that being said, uh, you know, I think I think one of the interesting storylines at this point in the season is like you've got Taylor Heineke in there. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick is done for the season. What you know, does he earn himself a spot on this team next year? Uh, is is a question I think that that's interesting to to figure out. Um, if if he does earn himself a spot, because he's got to play well in order to earn himself a spot on the team next year. I think he's signed through next year. He might be a third, but the question is, is he's second or third string. If he plays well, the team's going to be, the team's going to play well. It's going to perform well. And if the, if the team performs well, then uh, we're going to, we're, our draft picks are going to get worse. Um, so there's like, there's sort of a conflict between Taylor Heineke's performance and the prospects of the team as a whole. Um, could you see a decision to, to play Kyle Allen? Probably maybe uh, just, just because it's like, uh, especially if the, I feel like if Ron Rivera feels like, well, Taylor's played enough to, to be on the team next year, but we don't necessarily want to win. Maybe you see, maybe you see Kyle Allen out there, uh, you know, the third string guy, um, you know, so that could happen. I think that's, I think that's an interesting storyline to track the Curtis Samuel thing. Um, I think he might see the field. The thing about him is it's a soft tissue injury. So, you know, you never, you never really can tell with those and the, the way to, the way, the way to beat those is to keep them out as long as possible until you're absolutely 100% sure the person is good. So uh, I think he probably sees the field before the end of the year, but not before like two thirds of the way through the season. Uh, you know, so like that, that's, that's kind of tough. You kind of want, you, you want that piece in place, especially a guy like him who's so explosive and, and, and has the potential to be so good. Um, uh, the other thing I want to say at this point is Terry McLaurin is like everything that, uh, everyone's been hyping him up to be, uh, my man is stands out among his receivers, if not for his production basically just because he's never had a stable quarterback in his entire career for the fact that like he is, he is sort of the heart and soul of the offense at this point. Um, and um, you know, there, there's a lot of playmakers in that offense that that could be it, but it's him. And it's, I think you saw an example of that on that final drive in the, in the game against Tampa uh, steps up and catches a third down seven yard slant and gets absolutely demolished by the safety. Um, and it's hit takes his time, gets up and then's beating his chest in front of everybody. I don't know how, I don't know what kind of pain he was feeling. You know that, you know, that hit hurt, but he didn't show it for everybody else. And I think that like, that was that really, that more than anything else was just like, Oh the, yeah, they're scoring this time. You, you weren't sure whether it was going to be a touchdown or how it was going to happen, but you were like, Oh no, we're not quitting this time. And Terry McLaurin has really shown up uh, and, and just proved that, you know, we call him the captain, call him scary Terry, call him whatever you want, but he is the heart and soul of this offense, and and that that play, even though it was like a, a just a just a seven yard catch, was just and his his numbers again not not remarkable, but like 
in terms of like his actual impact, but his impact was just insane, especially on that play. So um, that's at least a bright spot. I hope they they pay him uh, whatever he wants. You know, give give Dan, give him a piece of your island. Uh, like give him an ownership share in the team. Make sure like a wing of your jet is like owned by him. Uh, just just pay the man whatever he wants. Uh, get him back here next year. Uh, so that's I don't know. That's how I feel. It's, it's hard to say, but. Um, I don't feel optimistic about this team. Um, I don't expect much from them. They still have the potential to pull something out, but uh, who knows? We'll see. I know that's probably not the most helpful analysis, but that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> it's one of yeah, those feel, wait and see moments for y'all. Yeah, I feel like like uh, AJ said, what what the if that that uh, the Tampa Bay game. What I'm trying to say is Tampa Bay game could be a a a. a, a season changing game in the sense that that last drive Terry made they they made game winning catches what yeah. that was from Terry was a game winning catch he was going to get hit he was going to get killed he caught it anyway and got hit and nearly the dude I thought Terry got knocked out I seriously did the dude took his head off literally took his head like literally he caught it and then the dude threw a shoulder pad right into the side of Terry's head I thought Terry was knocked out for sure and then same thing with Antonio Gibson they made game winning catches that's what that is you 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 know you're going to get blasted you know you're going to get killed but they make game winning catches so we'll see if they go into to, to carolina i think if they go into carolina and they win and you know philly loses and new york loses and we move we tie philly for the uh, second spot you know i think there's going to be some real optimism around here that we can be seattle on monday night and and get a little raucous but eric i'll toss it back to you yeah i mean uh I don't. I'm not going to get into a full analysis on Washington because you guys will get to hear me rant about the Jets in a second. But there is a question that I want to ask both of you guys because um, it's something that AJ touched upon, and it's something that I'm like I'm really intrigued in moving forward. I have my own opinion on this and what you should do, but Taylor Heineke, uh, the legend of the of the Heineke, uh, he played he played well. On Sunday, he did. He made the right decisions. He got the ball to the people that needed to get the ball in those moments. Um, he made the right reads, played it safe. Um, but do you guys do you do you consider riding him um, into next season and like letting him duke it out with Fitzpatrick, or do you prefer the idea of you know going out and drafting one of these new like one of these young kids coming out this year like Kenny Pickett or Matt Cor- uh, Corral or Malik? Willis or do you prefer just waiting to see what the QB free agent market's like I mean you as a fan um, which one do you would you prefer to see done so let's say that uh I got it I got you I got you let's say that uh let's say that our defense this game this year had won us some games right let's say for whatever reason we had we 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 shut Pat Mahomes down held him to 10 points had a couple interceptions, pick sixes, then went shut down Aaron Rodgers, held him to a touchdown, maybe less. Then I'm like, let's test the QB, let's test the QB free agent market. You know, let's see who we can who we can bring in. Let's say our defense was a top five. Then I'd say, okay, let's do that. Defense isn't there yet. And whether you want to blame coaching scheme or players, what have you. In my personal opinion, you draft a quarterback in this this year. You draft a quarterback. Taylor Heineke is a great QB too. Great. I think he's a great backup quarterback. Anytime he comes in a game, he gives that spark. He gives that life. He gives you life. He gives you energy. And but I just don't think I think his ceiling has been hit. Um, I want to I want us to draft one. 
I want us to draft and have him compete. Uh, Ryan, I think, is gone. Fitzpatrick is gone after this year. I think he retires. Um, I don't see us bringing him back. I think maybe the free free agent QB, you know, market, and and maybe in the sense that, like, maybe there's a Teddy Bridgewater out there. Maybe there's a Sam Darnold out there. You know, maybe they test the waters on those guys. I don't know. I'm not saying they should. I'm saying maybe that's some of it. But in my personal opinion, you draft a quarterback, you bring him in, you have him compete with Taylor. Even And that means either you have him start behind Taylor or to make him QB2 and Taylor's our starter for a few games or the season. And then maybe, you know, maybe Taylor's our starter for the season. He learns we don't do well. We win another four games, but we have high draft picks, right? So then we, then we bring in more weapons, better offensive linemen, kind of things like that, then start the young guy. But in my personal opinion, um, Taylor is a QB two. I love him as my backup for till the day he retires. But uh, I don't see him as being a starter and being our starter going forward. I say we draft a quarterback this year. We bring in a young guy and uh, we develop him and go from there. I think also that also gives Ron a trump card, right? Ron, I don't, you know, he made the playoffs his first year, so maybe that bought him two or three years extra on his contract. But if he's got this young guy in his back pocket, even if he doesn't do well this year, if he's got this young guy, he goes, well, I can play this young guy. Well, I can play this young guy. You know you know what I mean? And then, boom, he plays the young guy. Maybe the young guy shows some flashes. It buys him an extra year or two on his contract. So, you know, who knows? Uh, yeah, um, I think that – but personally, I think that, you know, Taylor's a great QB too. But we need to draft one and, and get one going forward because I do not see Russell Wilson going, oh, yeah, Washington football team, I want to go play for them. Or Aaron Rodgers going, oh, yeah, I'm a free agent. Let me go play for the Washington football team. I like what they have going on. Not unless we turn it around and not unless we look a lot different. I don't see any really like those top tier free agent guys coming up being a, being wanting to come here. I could see us landing a Teddy Bridgewater. I could see us landing a Tyrod Taylor. I could see us landing, you know, Sam Darnold, one of those guys. You know, I could definitely see us getting one of those and getting him in here. But um, in my personal opinion, I say we need to draft one for the future and see what see see what happens. Taylor's QB two. Um, you know, he comes in. I think he gives a great spark off the bench. But uh, I say right now we need to find who our future is, and I think we need to start. You know, in the NFL, you got to the the there's a you draft someone at uh, draft someone younger every year. So I think we need to find to see if we can find our guy. Let's see, and go from there. But AJ, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of disagree with you about uh, uh, Taylor Heineken being QB two. I think he could. I think he could has the potential to be a QB one. Um, and I think he just needs uh, some time to like get used to starting. Um, and I, I, you know, the rest of the season will tell whether that's the case or not. Um, and either way, though, I do agree that uh, Washington should probably draft a quarterback that we think can. Um, be the quarterback of the future of this draft. I just don't know that. Uh, I think probably next year you go into the season, you you get rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Next year you go into the season thinking uh, of of Taylor Heineke as your starter, and then you know depending on how the team performs, you you know maybe you make a switch to that young guy or not. Um, you know it's kind of a Justin Fields type situation, except um, you know I, my in my opinion the presumption is that Taylor Heineke is going to be your starter. Uh, uh, you know I, I think he's kind of earned it and I kind of like his upside. Um, and you know, that is, that is to say, I like that he can, uh, he can improvise in the pocket. He's, he's comfortable moving around. And, uh, even when he's, even when he makes uh, bad throws, he's making the right throws. That's the thing. Like he'll, he finds the open guy. It's just that he's not, you know, sometimes the pass is behind the guy or the timing isn't right. That to me says, a couple more reps and maybe, maybe you hit that and you have a, you, you know, you've got yourself a, 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 a quality starter. Um, 
Now, uh, you know, do I think he's still with the team or still starting, you know, beyond next year? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We'll see how the, we'll see how the rest of the year pans out um, uh, this year. And then we'll see how it works out next year. But in my opinion, you draft a quarterback, uh, you don't throw him into the wolves. You don't want to, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we need to, I don't want to, um, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Eric, but I don't want a Zach Wilson situation. I don't want a, um, a situation where, you know, we're, we're saying, uh, you know, rookie QB right out of college, get in the game. Like, I don't, I don't really want that. Um, and I don't think Ron Rivera wants something like that, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, I like Heineke and I think, uh, I think he's the starter until the rest of this, uh, you know, presuming, assuming he doesn't get hurt. I think he's the, he's the starter and I think he should probably be starting next year. No, I agree with you, AJ. I think it, I think in my pers- I think in my personal opinion, I don't want us to draft a rookie and then just throw him to the wolves. I don't like that idea at all. Honestly, I just don't. And 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 in in the NFL, it's win for me now. It's part of the problem, right? Like everybody just wants to have the guy. Everybody wants to be the 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 they. You know, they. What's funny is everybody goes to Patrick Mahomes as the reference. Oh, we want us to have a Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes sat for an entire year. Or Justin Herbert, even more appropriate. Or Justin Herbert. And, and Justin Herbert didn't start right away either. Justin Herbert sat for a couple games. And, and you know, it, everybody looks at Patrick Mahomes. I feel like looks at Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert, and it's like they sat. Like they didn't start. So to me, it's like I want to draft a guy. I want to get him in the system. I want to, I want him to learn it. So I think, don't get me wrong, Taylor Taylor is under contract for next year, through next year at least, I'm pretty sure. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's at minimum through next year. I don't know after that. but uh, So I think he'll be on the team. Is he the starter? I don't know. But I, I hope he is, and I hope we draft a young guy that can learn behind him, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'm of the ilk that with like the position that your team is in, you're you're one of those interesting teams that has pieces that that are like premium position pieces like Fuller and Young, Sweat. Uh, you just invested in Jamin Davis. Um, you got you got Terry. You've got DeAndre Carter who's coming along. Um, you still don't know what we got in Deami Brown, uh, Curtis Samuel. So you got all these pieces that like on one end of the spectrum. You could be competitive, right? Like just the right, the right year, everything clicks and boom, you're you're in the hunt. But you're you're also like, I think you're a quarterback away, and whether that means Heineke playing the rest of this year out, you guys seeing what you got in him, riding with him into next season, I I still think you should take a flyer on one of the kids coming out. I mean, uh, Corral's he's he's put on some clinics. He's shown that he he. He has some of those tangibles. Uh, kid out of pit. I mean, he's honestly, in my opinion, end of the day, it'll be it'll be between the kid out of pit and Corral. Now, um, I was really high on Malik Willis um, earlier in the in the in the college football season, um, but I'm noticing like he, there's some of the mental processing and some of the some of the, like going through reads and um, the the, the kind of offense that he plays in. I think some of that handicaps him and drops them a little bit further down than uh, Corral and, and uh, Pickett. Um, but if you have a chance, like if Washington has, because I don't see any of these guys as like surefire top five picks. If one of them goes top five, it'll be because out of necessity or like desperation. But if Washington has a chance to get one of them like later in the first or even the second round, I'd take a flyer on them. I mean, how hey, you look, 
I love these drafts, right? Because I always feel like the drafts where they're like, and I, maybe I'm wrong, Eric, and you can tell me I'm wrong, but I always feel like the drafts where they're like, oh, the QB's coming out a little bit sus. You know what I mean? They're a little yeah, bit yeah. sus. They, end, they always tend up to be ballers, right? Like, to me, yep. it's always like the QBs that come out, they're like, oh, I don't know about these guys. Like, Milk Hyper's like, oh, they'll go later. It's a second round. Like, the first round pick's going to be an offensive lineman. And then, like, you know, Lamar goes 32nd, you know, overall. And, you know, <laughs> you know, you got an MVP on your hands. or Right. Patrick Mahomes goes like what 17th or 10th or whatever he went, you know, yeah. you know, it, so I don't know. It's just, I love, I love kind of these drafts where they're like, so it'll be interesting to see. Don't get me wrong. I'm probably wrong, but I love, I love it when they, they kind of say like, Oh, you know, he's a fourth round guy. He's a third round guy, you know, and then a Dak Prescott shows up or a Kirk Cousins shows up, you know what I mean? Or Russell Wilson shows up, you know, yeah. kind of guys like that, but. We'll see. Maybe, hopefully, you guys don't have to deal with uh, with some of the pains that I'm going through with a rookie quarterback. But uh, let's let's talk about that. I'm, Let I'm us know, give... Eric. Let us know about the Jets. Let us know how you feel. Let's give us <laughs> Eric. Eric, give us <laughs> your our... Jets yeah. midseason. We need to understand. We need to know what's going on with the Jets right let's now. Robert Sala, Zach Wilson, and White. You know, I need to know about White over there. Mike White, the goat. The goat. Oh, the goat. I'm already the goat. crowning him the goat, huh? The goat. Get Jets country. Hey, he should have been a first overall pick, you know? He should have been a first overall pick. No. I had him I had him as a first overall pick, but I guess. <laughs> so I'll be honest with y'all. Heading into the season, um, so we won what one game last year, um, which was a phenomenal game to win, right? One game. Um, so we've we've already doubled that this year. Um that's progress, I guess. Hey, progress, uh, you know, baby steps. That's, that's all we can ask for. Trust the process. By the, by, by 20, uh, 2037, you'll be undefeated. Hey, be... 1% better every year. 1% better every year. That's what that's what you do. 1% um, better every year. I thought, so early in the season, like, I I, I saw some light. Um, like, I saw some good things coming out. The defense was playing super gritty. Um, they were, I mean, we were underestimated in a way. Um, like for example, we lost to the Falcons by seven points. Um, uh, we beat t- the Titans and OT. I mean, they were without their two best receivers, but still, I mean, that's a, that's a playoff, like that's a playoff caliber team. Um, but then on the flip side, you know, we lose to the Patriots 25 to six. We got stopped by the Broncos 26 to zero, um, come out of the bye week and just get absolutely annihilated by the Patriots. 54 to 13, but then we come back when we beat the Bengals 31 to, or yeah, 31 to 34. So like throughout all that, I'm thinking, okay, well, there's, there's still some pieces on this team that like we need to, either we need to develop. Like we have the youngest active roster in the league. Like all of our starters compared to the rest of the league, we have the youngest starters across the board, basically. Um, So like on one side of it, I was like, all right, you know, we're going to have to swallow some lumps, which we have. I mean, we're, we've been getting absolutely annihilated. Um, but like we have, I think we have two quality starters on our outside corners. I think uh, we were finding out that CJ Mosley is like, he's still one of the great, like one of the best linebackers in the league. I feel like uh, Quentin Williams is showing that he can, he can be a dominant force in the middle for us. Um, you got uh, John Franklin Myers, who's coming along. He's like the highest ranked, highest rated PFF uh, Jets player um, in the league. PFF for everybody listening is basically um, a company who go like who analytic, who's really into the analytics side of things. And they like grade players based on performance and like barometrics that they come up with to uh, for certain positions and whatnot. But um, so like we have pieces, um, 
I what what and it's hard for me to like separate myself from the majority of Jets fans because I like I I intake a lot of what is put out, and like we're getting so heavy and so hard on um, Sala, um, and Joe Douglas, and I mean first parts of it like I understand like Joe Douglas didn't address our offensive line at all this offseason. He he sat his he sat on his hands and just let everything go right by him. Um, he could have done more. Um, but I still think like he's putting quality pieces up from the draft on the roster. Um, we just got to give him time to develop. And j- us as Jets fans, we tend to we tend to feel exacerbated after everything we've been through. I mean, literally ten years ago we were one game away from the Super Bowl, and now look at us. So, like, I kind of get it. Um, I beseech my fellow Jets fans for patience. I think Salah is a little overwhelmed. Like, genuinely, uh, he he coached under Shanahan, and, and Shanahan to me is one of those guys who has his hands in the middle of everything. Um, even though his focus is on the offense, but I feel like he dabbles in everything. Um, I feel like Lafleur is coaching a lot better than he was in the first half of the season. Um, they put him up in the box, and he's making great plays, calls. Um, he's given the young guys like Michael Carter and Elijah Moore the opportunity to make plays. He's he's putting Jamison Crowder in a position where he excels. Um, he's he's figuring out how to use Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter is a three headed beast. Um, I mean, I think I think we're we're I. I know it's hard to see it, um, and I get super sad about it, and it makes me kind of like hate football for a little bit when I, when as I watch them play. But there are moments where I'm like, we have hope, and um, I am excited. This season's going to be a complete wash. I think we could get like two or three more wins, like against Houston, against the Jags, um, maybe like steal one from like the Dolphins or something. Um, so I don't think we'll be in a complete embarrassment. I hope I mean, they haven't proven that we can't be, but um, I think we can, we can steal a couple wins. Um, we'll still end up with like two top 10 or like a top 10 pick and then like a top 20 pick. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, we just draft, just draft for, to solidify positions that we need. Like offensive line is a huge need. We have three players on, on that line that could absolutely be replaced. And if we, if we use, our two first round picks for two offensive linemen, I am not going to be bad. Cause that's like, that's four out of the five offensive linemen are going to be under 26, all on rookie contracts. Like it would be a supreme position to be in. So, um, although if, if the defensive end out of Oregon could slide to like our top pick, that would be amazing. But, um, one can dream. Um, I I mean, I'm, I'm down and I'm also excited for the team. We get, I love Elijah Moore. Mike White is a he's proven he can be a like a spectacular backup because he can win you a random game. <laughs> um Michael Carter looks like the future at running back. Um so yeah. I mean I'm not oh Elijah Vera Tucker, absolute monster at left guard. The only the only left guard that I can think of that that like gets me more excited than him is Quentin Nelson, so that's saying something. Um but yeah, I mean, we're nothing special, nothing to write home about. But uh, I think give us like two more years, um, as long as we hit on on like a lot of our our first three round picks, I think we could do something. And I really trust like Sala and Lafleur and like the types of like the type of locker room that they're developing. I really think they can do something. Um, 
us as a fan base are just super toxic and, and pessimistic, and that's just the nature of being a Jets fan. So some of it, Eric, some of it isn't isn't just you. It's that it's the NFL, right? Everybody wants to win right now. Right. They bring in this, they draft this young QB, they got Robert Sala. They're like, okay, the Jets are going to the Super Bowl. Or like they're making the yeah. playoffs. <laughs> and look, I was listening to Ron Rivera today give his interview on the local radio show, and he said, Hey, look, fellas, we're building something here. We're building something special. You've got to give us time. He said, we like, we've got, we're trying to put foundations in place over time. And I've always told, I've always thought you give a, to me personally, you give a new head coach three years, minimum. And it's going to be ugly those first two years. It's going to be ugly. But because, but what you have, what you have to hit on though, coming out, what you're going to have to hit on is free agents and drafts, draft picks, especially draft picks. So your guys are going to have top. You guys are probably going to have some of the top. I think I think you guys have two top ten draft picks. I think even maybe even top yeah. five at this point. They have the number because of the Jamal Adams 10. trade, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy. So yeah, that's right. Uh, best best safety in the league, anyway. Uh, and so you know, I think from from in my personal opinion, when I watch you guys play, your defense your defense is solid. It just is. The problem is your quarterback's throwing four interceptions a game. So your defense is getting hung out to dry like every single uh, – getting hung out to dry almost to me every single game. You've got some You've got some cupcakes coming up in the sense of the Dolphins, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Dolphins again. And maybe you can steal some wins there. But to me personally at this point, it's almost like tank to get some of these good picks yeah. here. And like hopefully the other teams tank because you're rebuilding. Uh, you want to win now and I get it because we, we as Washington fans got, got blessed and got kind of a little lucky in that the first season Ron was here, we, we made the playoffs. Right. And of course you're going to enjoy that. Like let's say the jets turn around and somehow make the playoffs. I don't know if that's mathematically possible. Not going to say it is, but somehow you do it right. Are you not going to enjoy that? Are you not going to be super pumped about it? So, you know, like that's just, that's just how it is. But Ron, you guys are building something and the foundation that you've built so far is pretty, to me, it seems pretty solid. Um, is Zach Wilson the future? Don't know. Can't tell you that he hasn't, you know, he's been hurt. He he's thrown some interceptions, but at the same time, it's to me, it's, is what does he learn from next year? So if he comes out, let's say you guys win a few more games this year, you know, get four or five wins, but then let's say next year you're about right around 500 and he looks a little bit, he looks a little bit better. He looks like he's grown. Then it's like, what can we build from here and how can we go from here? The biggest thing for me is you guys are going to have to hit on draft picks. That's just it. Like you said, with the offensive line, and you win and lose games in the trenches. You can keep Zach Wilson standing up. He'll probably be a better quarterback than him on his back. That's just that's just the truth. You get solid draft picks. That's you, you're gonna, you get solid draft picks on the old line, and you build that old line up. He's going to be better. And so is your running back is going to be better, which is going to help him. So. I think you guys are. I think you guys are in the right direction. Your defense is solid. Um, you know, at this point in the season, injuries always play a factor. Uh, always play a factor. You can't slam. You can't go have guy your whole defense running and running full speed, and the guys uh, at uh, nine games into the season not expect guys to get hurt or end up on injured reserve or tear ACLs and things like that. So your defense might slip up, but I think you guys have a solid foundation on defense, and I think your offense will come together. I wonder if you guys. I think you guys will draft pretty offensive heavy this coming season. This coming off season. So we'll see what they do. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I think I think you're right. Um, we're probably going to see one of the most offensive heavy drafts um, of like any Jets era. Um, so that's saying something, but I'm excited to, it's weird. Like I'm excited to see us win a couple games this year, but I'm also excited to see, um, if there is any growth next year. Cause that's like the biggest thing. So, um, moving forward, the wizards, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about the wizards real quick. 
Because those guys, let me tell you, let me tell you. AJ, look, I, I'm, I know Lauren gets super excited about the Wizards, so I'm going to pass it to you real quick. But, man, these guys, bro. Yo, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me reintroduce you to your uh, to your Washington Wizards. Your 10-3 uh, Eastern Conference first place Washington Wizards. Uh, it is still early in the season. There are many question marks. Uh, but... Uh, the fact of the matter is we have a basketball team in Washington, D.C. right now, uh, and we have not had a basketball team in Washington, D.C., I don't think, since uh, that magical almost 50-win season with John Wall and Bradley Beal. So it's been quite a while, uh, at least five years, um, and we are uh, rolling. Bontrez Harrell uh, is playing out of his mind as a six-man. Um, he's, 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 our, he's our big man, our center. Um, on a team that still has potential to go up uh, by getting Bradley uh, or by getting Thomas Bryant back in the middle of the season. Um, we have a, the difference between this year and, and and previous years. I think we've said this already is that we have a complete basketball team. We've got depth on our roster. So when people go out, other people can step in place and play well enough in order to win basketball games. And that's what we've seen so far. Uh, just last night, they defeated the new Orleans Pelicans, which um, you know, has not gotten off to a great start this season, obviously, um, and they're they're without their star. But the thing is, uh, is that they, the Wizards were down by 19 points in the first half. They came back all the way from that deficit uh, in a very gritty win um, in order to defeat those Pelicans and uh, really showed their depth. Spencer Dinwiddie took over with 27 points. Denny Abdia, the uh, prospect coming out of uh, the Israeli basketball leagues, really, really had a coming out game, had a double-double with 10, uh, 10 rebounds and 10 points. Um, and, but the real thing was about Denny was not just his rebounding, but was his defense, uh, able to put the clamps on the, uh, Pelicans star, Brandon Ingram, um, and, uh, in a, in a big way. And he's really proven himself to be at this point in the season, um, uh, a, a one-on-one defender of anybody. He can, he can go up against anyone. And basically that, 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 that offensive player's, um, shot percentage is going to go down. Um, the Washington Wizards are a real basketball team right now. Uh, they are, uh, like I said, they're first in the East. Um, and by all indications, um, assuming that we don't have a rash of catastrophic injuries, we've already had several injuries uh, in general that we've been able to overcome. But barring a rash of catastrophic injuries, I, I would say that the Washington Wizards are likely to to stay um, in that rung of the East at this point. It's exciting. Uh, people in Washington should be happy. Uh, it's frankly amazing. Uh, one of the things that's been really great to see has been, um, has been Kyle Kuzma just hitting threes, uh, at, at, you know, just when we need him, you know, there's no other way of, there's no other way of putting it. Uh, he doesn't always, he, you know, he doesn't always hit, but when he does, it's always in a big moment. Um, and then Contavious Caldwell Pope has shown up as well, uh, in, in critical moments of basketball games. It's just, a, it's amazing to watch. I can name, I can rattle off all these players' names. That have been that have been like sort of just, and it's not it's not like as if um, you know missing Brad hurts. Obviously, we've missed him for three games. We've won all three of those games, but each of those uh, games we've won by playing as a team. And a lot of the wins that Brad has has been a part of, uh, you know, and obviously Brad Beal is an All Star caliber player. So like you know you need you would think that you would need him to win games, but a lot of those wins he just hasn't shown up the way he had to uh, last year where he was dropping 40 points every almost, uh, you know, 30 points almost every game. Um, and he just hasn't needed to do that. You know, some of the games he won, we won, we won one game. We blew out um, Atlanta 
and he only had 17 points because he sat out the entire fourth quarter. I don't think Brad's ever sat out the entire fourth quarter in his entire career. So it was just amazing to see we've got a basketball team in D.C. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Lauren, what you got, bro? Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's great to watch. We actually have a head coach. I, I didn't know how to phrase this the other day uh, on Twitter, but we actually have a head coach now that is playing chess, not checkers. We don't have our superstar, Al, uh, Bradley Beal. He's our super all-star. But what we do is we figure out how to win games. We're like we're like a prize fighter at this point. That's the best was I was going to try to say. We uh, – we know when to throw body shots. We can win if we get we get scrappy and in the pocket throwing body shots, or we can beat them with a jab or a one-two combo, staying in front of them. What we do is we counter, we move, we figure out their weakness, and we attack. Down 19, right, at halftime. I even turned off the game. I'm not going to lie to you. I turned the game. Down 19, we just looked ugly. It looked ugly. I said, and I hopped on Twitter around the fourth, and it was like Wizards. Uh, or I checked, turned on the radio. That's what it was. And it was like Wizards uh, 61, Pelican 68. And I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We just turned this around. So I turned on the game. You know, we win games that are ugly. We win games that are shootouts. We win games where we have to play defense. We win, we, you know, uh, we show up and it, it, we can beat you. We go into the body. We can beat you going to the head. We're like a prize fighter in that, in that re- uh, regard. We, um, we, we, we win in all facets of the game. Um, turnovers, fast breaks, defense, uh, steals. Uh, length, cutting off passing lanes. You know, it's like I said, we have a coach that we have a coach now that plays chess, not checkers. He doesn't think one move ahead; he thinks eight, and it's it's definite in the players. Their will. A lot of what we were missing was effort, right? Crashing the boards, putting your hands up in passing lanes, um, um, fast breaks, getting defense and steals, and that's what we're doing this year. And it's fun to see. It's fun to watch because you you have a team that cares, like. The people out there all care, genuinely want to win, and genuinely want to be better. Matras Harrell is my favorite pickup of the trade, and I've loved him ever since. Um, he's he's played dominant. You know, they tried to in the Orlando game, they tried to shut him down. Actually, it was I think it was the Cleveland game too. They tried to take the ball out of his hands, and he was able to still facilitate enough to give it to Spencer, and Spencer gets Spencer Dinwiddie, or the point guard, the offseason uh, point guard, we free agent we signed. Uh, to a big contract, was able to cut to the basket and get some buckets late and pull, help us pull ahead. Kyle Kuzma has been the most cut, most clutch player I've seen since like Gilbert Arenas on this team. I mean, AJ can quote me, tell me if there's been a clutch clutch player other than that that I've seen. We need him to hit shots late. The Orlando game, we literally won because he hit he hit clutch shots. We were down. That was an ugly game, and we were down, and we won it. Like I said, we're like a prize fighter at this point. We can beat you going to the body. We can beat you going to the head. We can beat you countering. We can beat you. It doesn't matter with a jab. It doesn't matter. We've got you. We've got teams covered. Don't really care. The stretch of these next four games, we're at Charlotte, at Miami, and then we're at home versus Miami, and we're at home versus Charlotte. These are divisional games. These are big. We have to win these games to stay in first in the East and stay in the first in the division. Do I think we rattle off all four? No, but I do. I think we can go three for one. I absolutely. I think we could beat these teams. Brad's coming back. On top of that, Brad. Uh, Brad missed two games. He missed the Orlando game and the New Orleans game. He's gonna have have, have rest, some rest. I think he comes back. I think he comes back rested and feeling pretty good. I don't know how to do the Charlotte game. He might he might have to get um, his legs on him a little bit. But I bet you the Miami games they have a good time because Brad always likes to play up to his competition. And Miami's gonna Miami's gonna be really fierce this year. With the, the, with the pieces they have, and Eric Spolstra has always been a – I've always loved Eric Spolstra as a coach. So we'll see. These are big divisional games. We need to we need to come out ahead of these divisional games, and I think we absolutely can and absolutely dominate. So anyway, all that to say, pay attention to the Wizards this year. We're going to start punching teams in the mouth, and we'll see how it goes.
Yeah, it's, it's someone who who really hasn't like I would watch a Wizards game here and there, but this season has been one of those moments where it's like, wow, this team is a lot of fun to watch. The hype seems real. We're at the top of the table. Like, it's just for someone who's just getting into it. Now's the time. It's a great team to watch. So, super excited. Um, and we'll see what we got, what happens after the All Star break. I'm excited to see if we can continue that. Um, just real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to the Caps as well because they're having a great season. Um, they're off to a great start. They just spanked the Penguins six to one. They're playing a little bit later tonight during our podcast. So, suck it, Sydney. <laughs> Eat it, Penguins. That's right. We love to see that. Also, uh, United States men's national soccer team tied with Jamaica today, so that means we're still on top of the table for the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, hey, World, yo. Cup, World Cup is next year in Qatar, so hopefully we get qualified and we can uh, maybe make a run. I don't hey, know. Yo. But uh, we're in here for a wild story. AJ, I'm going to let you take this one away because when you sent me this article, I was like, this is a movie. Yeah, this this part is uh, this story is little is wild. Um, so bringing bring this to you, listeners, by way of the um, women's soccer league in in France, um, PSG Paris Saint Germain uh, has a couple of players, uh, and um, well, they have many. They have the same amount of players as any soccer team. But uh, just just listen. To this. this is from Defector.com. I'm just going to go ahead and read this part out because uh, because I, I don't I don't know that I'm qualified to to, to remember all these insane details uh, without any help. Uh, so on November 4th, uh, Paris Saint-Germain's players held a, com- a camaraderie building dinner out, of, out on the town. Once the dinner was over, a player named Aminata Diallo drove uh, another player named Hamraoui and another fellow teammate whose name is Sakina Kar- uh, Karchawi home. After dropping off Karchawi, Diallo's car was stopped by two masked men who pulled the two women out of their seats Diallo was constrained by one man while the other proceeded to strike Hamraoui with a metal pole, apparently focusing his blows on Hamraoui's legs. After a while, the assailant stopped and fled. Hamraoui was taken to the hospital where the doctors found her legs bruised and cut, but luckily not broken. So, just to make sure we've all got these details down, Hamraoui is uh, the starting uh, is a starting player for uh, Paris Saint-Germain, the Paris uh, team in, in the French Women's Soccer League. And uh, behind her is Diallo. So Diallo is her backup. So initially, the French police arrested Diallo on suspicion that she had paid uh, the attackers to uh, to to break Hamraoui's legs so that Diallo could start. Well, just today, it's come out that uh, the French police had no evidence of any of that ever happening, and Diallo's uh, Diallo was released, uh, and and now so now the team doesn't know what to do. Because they don't know whether Diallo's uh, Diallo has uh, is actually innocent or not. She's not been like exon- straight up exonerated or anything. Uh, and to make matters worse, Diallo and Hamraoui are known to be good friends on the team. Uh, and so we don't like what's the status of that relationship like? Uh, is it, Hamraoui the person who was attacked just sat out of the, the last game because not because of her physical injuries, but because she was too emotionally uh, scarred by the attack that that happened to her. And of course, who wouldn't be at this point? Um, and, uh, so, so like get, all that is insane enough on its own. Um, but like at the end of the day, all this raises way more questions than answers. Um, and so here's a bunch of like rumors that's being reported in the French press right now. This is where the story gets really convoluted and insane. It's like something out of desperate housewives. It's like nuts. So let, let, 
Yeah, exactly. So the latest news comes from Le Monde, uh, which is a French paper, uh, that reported that former French international Eric Abidal will soon be questioned by investigators in relation to the attack, according to a prosecutor on the case. What's more, according to this report by Spanish paper Marca, which quotes a French paper L'Equipe, the new theory is that Abidal's wife may have plant, plotted the attack in revenge for a rumored affair between Abidal and Hamraoui. So, to recap, the, the latest rumor is that the wife of this uh, this French international guy, uh, Eric Abidal, planned an attack against Hamraoui, the starter for Paris Saint-Germain, in order to get revenge on her for an affair between Abidal and Hamraoui. So this story is nuts. We're going to be following it and we'll update you on this. Uh, but this is some real like, like, like days of our lives. This is some soap opera shit going on in the French, uh, in the French women's soccer league. Um, obviously, you know, we don't mean to make light of the attack against Hamraoui. That's obviously terrible and, and bad and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I mean, for sure entertainment value, we do, we do need to make sure that y'all know, like, there's so many questions here, right? What's the relationship between Diallo and uh, uh, the backup and Hamraoui at this point? Uh, do the rest of the t- and the, the thing apparently the locker room is split on whether or not Diallo should be welcomed back to the team at this point because they don't know whether or not she's innocent, even though the French police just released her. Do we have a situation where Diallo actually did try to sabotage Hamraoui's career with this vicious attack? Uh, who are the horse the I don't know if you guys have seen 101 Dalmatians, but I'm just going to make this reference. Who are the Horace and Jasper morons who attacked Hamraoui with a metal pole and didn't manage to actually hurt her that badly? Like, what, what what's up with that? Uh, why? They skipped the gym. Yeah, they must have skipped the gym. They they weren't expecting to take on a, a professional athlete, apparently. Um, it was like a Tanya Harding fail. Exactly. This is, it's exactly. like a Tanya Harding fail. That's exactly what we're seeing here. Uh, so don't worry. We at the Go Deep podcast will definitely keep you updated on this story. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be following this one because this is this is nuts. Um, but uh, at this point, uh, you know, for, I, I'm I don't so know. Excited. Are you not entertained? I'm excited for the movie to come out at some point. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> this is nuts. Margaret <laughs> Robbie to star in star in it. <laughs> yeah, facts exactly. All right, wait, well, say. Thank you for that story, because when I read that, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I'm excited What's that, that Mr. Krabs? What's that Mr. Krabs gif where everything's just like spinning, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go on. I got taken back for a moment. Yeah. Instead of getting taken back, we're going to look ahead. Um, start start with our picks, with our picks here that, are, that seem a bit controversial amongst us, um, or just our own teams. Starting off with Washington football team taking on the Carolina Panthers. I, for one, will go ahead and tell you straight up. Um, I know Cam Newton's back in town. He's coming home. Um, but I think Ron knows enough of Cam to know how to stop that 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 team. Uh I don't I don't think they can I don't think they can handle you guys. So I got Washington winning here. Um Lauren, what you got? Yeah, so it looks like based on uh, Caesar Sportsbook, uh, Washington is the underdog. Uh, as of right now, it's plus uh, four. It's three and a half, but essentially it's plus four is the spread. Plus 155 is the uh, money line, and the over-under is 43. The money line for Carolina is minus 180, but uh, I've got Washington as well. And the, the reason I have Washington is because I think that 
Um, Cam coming back to me, Cam, um, hasn't been right since his shoulder injury. I think that against the Arizona with, I think that Carolina blew out Arizona last week, but I think that that's just because they figured out Colt McCoy. They were better. They were better than Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy didn't look right. I think that, uh, I think we come out and I think we can, we can either shut down Cam or PJ Walker. One of the two, I feel like Cam was used heavy in red zone packages. I feel like if we keepable, if we keep, can keep Carolina away from the red zone, he, they, they might use P.J. Walker more. Maybe they won't. Maybe the Cam's the starter. But I think if we can keep him away from the red zone and Cam in those those fourth and, the, you know, those uh, they're in like like five yards from the end zone or two yards from the end zone where Cam can just, you know, Superman it. I think we can we have a shot at keeping the field goals. I think we have a shot at winning this game. I think it's ugly, but I think we can get this win, absolutely. A.J., what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I'm going with Washington on this pick too. Uh, I just I haven't trusted this uh, Carolina team all year. Um, I think they got off they got off to a three and zero start. People were riding pretty high on them, and uh, you know I was never on board. I, I picked against them a couple times, uh, much to my chagrin on those on that three and zero start. But after that, I was vindicated. I think so. I'm go, I'm going with Washington. I don't think that the Carolina Panthers have solved their problems yet, and um, not that I think Washington has necessarily solved theirs, but I think we saw an example last week of them playing up to their potential and. You know, riding that, they I think they got the win. Um, Cam, I love Cam. Everyone knows I love Cam. Uh, Cam and his outfits, uh, but uh, I think that uh, he's working on a week and a half's notice. Um, and you know, I'm not I'm not going to question his playing shape. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to start. I mean, who knows? Um, but uh, even if he does, I think I think Washington can do enough to to defeat him. So I'm going with Washington. There we go. You guys heard it here. Moving forward, my lowly New York Jets playing the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think the Dolphins here show that you know they can still they can still play hard. Um, they they handed it to to Lamar and, and the Ravens. Um, they had a great game plan there against arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Zach Wilson comes back from a sprained MCL. I I just don't think we have enough umph to get over that hump. Um, you never know. Zach Wilson might pull out a Mike White and throw for like 400 yards and four touchdowns or something, which would be super exciting, but I see it as unlikely. So uh, I got to go with the Dolphins here. They just seem like a more steady team to me, and their defense is playing a little bit better than ours. Um, so that's who I'm going with. But AJ, who do you got here? Yeah, I don't trust the Dolphins either, um, <laughs> along with the Panthers. Uh, I'm going. I'm actually going with the Jets. I think the Jets defense is pretty solid and I think that they can um, stop the, the Dolphins offense uh, sufficiently enough. And I think, I think that the the Jets offense might be able to pull, pull, you know, a touchdown or two out of, out of nowhere. That's enough. In my opinion, Uh, I don't expect it to be a necessarily high scoring game. Um, And uh, I see the, I, so, you know, in my opinion, probably take the under, although I don't know what it is. So maybe I should find that out first. Um, but I, uh, I think that, uh, I think, I think the Jets can pull off a, uh, pull off a win here. So congrats on getting your third one in the season, bro. Lauren. Yeah. So, uh, the over under to answer AJ's question is 45 points, which yeah, you should probably take the under on this game, but, uh, the dolphins are the favorite my by minus three money lines, minus 170 for the dolphins and the jets are sitting at a money line of plus 145. I have the dolphins winning this as well. Dolphins are, are two and oh right now. They've got a two game winning streak. Uh, I think their, their defense is clicking. I think that, uh, no offense to uh, Zach Wilson and Eric's Jets, but I think Zach Wilson coming off that MCL sprain, he's going to have to trust it. He's going to have to see what he feels like. I think the Dolphins do enough. 
Um, the Jets, you know, uh, the, the Dolphins and the Jets are points per game are averaging about the same 17. Uh, Dolphins are averaging 17.7. Jets are having 17.9. But the Jets, as of right now, are giving up 30, 32.9. So pretty much 33 points a game. I think that the uh, Dolphins, you know, if they go between Jacoby the first half and two of the second half, I think they figure out a way to get this win. I think they just do enough to. Uh, I think they do enough to hold the Jets off, and uh, I think sadly Zach Wilson probably throws another two interceptions and uh, hands the game over. Hands the game over to Miami. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, a parlay for you. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> uh, a, a game that I'm actually kind of looking forward to. I think it's going to be an exciting game. Um, Ravens versus the Bears. Uh, you got Lamar Jackson coming coming out from uh, an upset. He he got some extra time to, to sleep. Or rest, sorry, not not necessarily sleep, but he got some extra rest uh, that Ravens team did. They just released Le'Veon Bell, so that le- leads me to believe that Latavius Murray is probably coming back. Um, so it just means that every, they're 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 rested. Um, they're playing a Bears team that is actually pretty bad, um, but I like their defense. I think their defense is going to come out this week and try to replicate um, what Miami did. The only difference is that I feel like. Chicago has better defensive pieces and Akeem Nix. You got um, Khalil Mack. You can't, you can't, you can't forget the Mack attack. You got Eddie Jackson. Um, I think the added extra dimension of Justin Fields mobility might surprise a reeling Ravens defense. That's it's just dealing with so many injuries. Um, I think the bears equin out here. Um, and and it'll be like a low scoring game that Chicago just wins by like a field goal. That's what I think. Um, AJ, what do you think? Yeah, and no, I'm taking the Ravens on this one. Uh, you don't bet against Lamar Jackson, um, in my opinion, and uh, he's still healthy. So I think I think they're I think the Ravens pull this one out. Um, I think the Ravens the Ravens defense uh, has been much maligned this year, but I think uh, they're extremely good in, in man coverage. And I don't think it's going to take much more than that to beat the beat the Bears, who have an offense that just has not clicked all season. Um, not to, not to take anything away from Justin Fields, who I think has shown a lot of progress over the past couple of games, um, but uh, I, I think that's not going to be enough at this point to to defeat Lamar Jackson unless you have like basically a career game, um, which don't get me wrong, could happen, but uh, I doubt it. So going forward, go ahead. So it looks like here, uh, again, these are Caesar Sportsbook odds. Uh, the Ravens are the favorite by minus, uh, the spread is minus seven, and the money line is uh, minus 290. So the, uh, and the over under is uh, 46 points, essentially, it's 45.5. But uh, the Bears' uh, money line is plus 235. I've got the Ravens. i got the Ravens winning this. Um, I don't think the Bears do enough. I think the Ravens coming off a bye. Lamar's, Lamar's upset. He's angry. He comes out, and I think they just. I don't think that I think the Bears don't try to replicate Miami. I think Bears think they have better people than Miami and try to do their own run their own sort of defense. And Lamar just picks them apart and and rips them to shreds. I think he uh, I think the Lamar rushes probably for, probably for close to 100 yards and probably throws for close to 300 and a couple touchdowns. So, but I've got I've got the Ravens beating the Bears here. There you go. It looks like I'm picking uh, the underdog here. Moving forward, we got the Eagles versus the Saints. Eagles showing a uh, showing some grit taking down the, the Denver Broncos, a team that AJ does, has had little faith in. Um, and then we got the Jameis Winston-less Saints. Um, you know what? I think I think at this point, uh, Peyton might have seen enough Simeon 
and we might see more Taysom Hill, and I think that edge might might lead to a Saints win. Um, the the Eagles' defense is playing a little bit better than their than their record would show, but I don't know, man. Kamara and Taysom Hill tandem together could be could be dangerous. Um, that's who I'm picking. Lauren, what you got? So Vegas has given us that. Uh... The Saints are the underdogs here. They're uh, the the spread is minus uh, one and a half, so it's two points, uh, or plus one and a half for the uh, Saints, and the money line is plus one hundred five for the Saints, and the over under is forty four points. Um, looks like I I've got the Eagles. I just don't man. I feel like even with Taysom Hill, I think they I think the uh, the that offense for the Saints with uh, the the mix of because. I think you're right. They're going to go to Taysom Hill more probably this week, but I think they're going to put Trevor Simeon in there still. And I think the Eagles just do enough to hold on to the ball with that running attack with uh, uh, Jalen Hurts running the ball. And I think he they, they just they, the Eagles just do enough. To me, the Eagles are a really gritty team that aren't that aren't what the record indicates because of a few mistakes. And I think they can just come in. And I think they come in and they beat the Saints. On top of that, they're playing at home. I think that that uh, I think the Saints struggle, and I think that Jalen Hurts does enough to beat them. I've always kind of been a fan of. Um, Jalen Hurts and uh, they're averaging 144 rushing yards a game, so I think they they hang on to the ball and I think they 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 beat the Saints pretty handily. AJ, what do you think? Um, I don't know if it's going to be handily, but uh, I definitely I've got the Eagles winning this one too. Um, I think that uh, without uh, you know James Winston was always kind of a question mark to begin with, but um, and you know Taysom Hill is is fun and exciting to watch, but I, I just don't know I don't see him as that every down guy. Uh, so I think the saints have too many question marks and I think Jalen hurts has proven that he can lead the, uh, Eagles offense. However, um, perfunctorily, uh, down the field and score, score points. Um, and I think that's going to make the difference here. So I've got the Eagles. Nice. All right. Yet again, I'm, I'm picking the underdog here, ladies and gentlemen. So take that with a grain of salt, if you will, moving on to a, what could be a potentially offensive explosive uh, game? Cowboys versus the Chiefs. Um, honestly, both of these teams have great offenses. The Cowboys have shown that they have a defense that, depending on how they feel in a given week, can show up um, like they did against the Falcons. But you got a Chiefs defense that's kind of porous, um, doesn't really seem capable of stopping too many people. I mean, they, they handled the Raiders, but the Raiders still managed to put up over 21 points on them. Um, I th- I'm of the ilk that the Cowboys are going to pull out a win here. I think the defense is opportunistic enough, and Mahomes has been throwing up the ball enough that maybe they get a couple picks here and they convert those into points, and it'll be a high-scoring affair, but I think the Cowboys take it here. Uh, AJ, who you got? I've also got the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys have a better defense, and that, that's the reason. Um, I think what we've seen from the Chiefs for the past couple of weeks uh, is that if you play two high safeties, um, uh, keep them back there, and then um, are able to to disguise the underneath coverage uh, well enough, that Pat- Patrick Mahomes has struggled to throw the ball this year. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know why. Uh, but if you have a good enough defensive line to get to Harry uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, then he's uh, you know he's not going to make the right decisions, and, and I think that's that's been showing. Um, throughout this season. So, and I, I think the Cowboys have that kind of defensive line. Um, so I would expect uh, the Cowboys to to pull this one out. Um, and so I'm going with them. Lauren, what you got? 
So right now we have the Cowboys as the underdogs in this game. Actually, they are plus they're plus three point spread, plus one twenty. The money line and the money line for the Chiefs is minus one forty. The over under is fifty six. So Vegas is seeing this as a shootout. The Cowboys are eight one against the spread, and the Chiefs are three and seven against the spread. So you know you're kind of leaning the Cowboys ways if the numbers tell you anything. It's it it's at it's a uh, at Arrowhead. Um, you know I've got the Cowboys as well. And the reason I get the Cowboys is I feel like the Chiefs offense just looks disjointed at times. I feel like they've they've struggled to, you know, Patrick is doing his old fuck it. Tyreek's down there sometimes and it's just he's just not. And I think that that their offense just looks lost and their defense especially looks lost. If our offense isn't isn't clicking, their defense is struck is is out there on the field just dying. And I think the Cowboys this year look like a unit, look like a real unit. The two-headed beast of Tony Potter and Ezekiel Elliott, they can run the ball down anybody's throat. Plus, then they have CeeDee Lamb, who I love out of Oklahoma, Amari Cooper. Um, and then I, you know, I think Michael Gallup as well, I think still on their team. So, you know, they've got that three headed, they've, they, and then Dak can get, get them the ball at any time. So I think that the Dallas comes out, I think maybe it's a shootout a little bit at first, but I think Dallas, uh, you know, the Patrick does one of his, done was one of his thing where he rolls right and then turns around, rolls back left and for like 30 yards, you know, running, you know, sideline to sideline and then tosses it and the digs gets an interception. You know, I think they do enough to, I think the Cowboys do enough to, to beat them. And I think it's kind of a high scoring affair. Um, I don't think uh, I think that that, you know, anything with Patrick Mahomes, he's probably going to probably put up close to 21 points, even if it's late. But I think the Cowboys do enough to beat him and, and get the win here. So I got Dallas. Right on. So as AJ alluded to earlier, we're going to talk about the Lions versus Browns. Um, I think this is one of those games that's going to be uh pretty boring i think the browns are just going to absolutely run it down the lions throats um this poor lions defense or team just can't seem to catch a break i am of the ilk that they are going to take an l this week and kareem hunt uh or nick chubb sorry who comes back from the COVID list is going to run for like 180 to 200 yards and three touchdowns that's just me um something to parlay me perhaps but uh lauren before we get to aj's take here what you got for me? Yeah, so the uh, Lions are the big underdogs here by plus 10 is the spread, which is pretty big in the NFL. And the money line's plus uh, 360, and the over-under is 45 points. So the money line for the Browns is minus 475. But I have the Browns as well. I think they're, no matter who's a quarterback, and, you know, then they get Nick Chubb coming back. I think they're overall their team's better. I think they roll out after last week's loss, and I think they get that. Uh, they getting embarrassed last week by New England. I think they come out and they beat the, they beat the Lions. I think the Lions put up a fight, but – I think the Browns just do enough to get by. I like Miles Garrett getting a couple sacks here. I like Nick Chubb going for about a couple touchdowns. I think that D-line from the Cleveland Browns sh- shows up this week after getting embarrassed last week. I think the 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 Lions are just kind of stuck with the 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 curse of the uh the, the curse of the the, know, the football gods curse and I think they don't get a win. They don't get a win this week. I think it's coming. I think it's soon. I'll pick them to win a game at some point here in the next few weeks, but it is it's not against these Browns. So maybe against the Minnesota Vikings when they play them here in three weeks, we'll we'll, we'll all pick them. So we'll see. But uh, I've got I've got a uh, Cleveland beating them. What about you, AJ? Hot take alert. Uh, going with the Lions to get their first win in the season this week. Uh, you're going up against a Browns team uh, that is going to be one dimensional. They're going to be one dimensional because they are Baker Mayfieldless and they are they are without uh, OBJ yet another one of their weapons. So you know where the ball's going whenever the ball's going anywhere. Uh, and so I think that the defense, uh, I think the Lions defense uh, will be able to key in on that and will be able to shut down the uh, the Browns offense uh, to, to a, a great enough extent 
that uh, the Lions can can eke out a victory. I don't know how much it'll be. I don't know what the score is going to be. I don't know whether it's going to be high scoring or low scoring, but I, I'm i going with the Lions to get their first win of the season. You heard it here first on Go Deep Pod. Hot take alert. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, we've hit Lauren's Power Minute. Lauren, take it away for the rest of this week's game. All right, for the Thursday of the night matchup, we got the New England Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Patriots are uh, minus seven plus the spread, or the spread, and minus three hundred on the money line. Over under is forty eight, and we've got the Patriots absolutely beating the Falcons. The uh, next game we have, afternoon game we have on Sunday at one o'clock on CBS, is the Indianapolis Colts versus the Buffalo Bills. The Colts are the underdog here at plus seven. Uh, the money line is plus 270 and minus 340 for the Bills, and the over under is 50. We've got the Bills beating the Colts. The uh, Texans versus the Tennessee Titans here. It looks like Tennessee Titans are, are uh, 11 point favorites uh, against uh, with the spread. Uh, they're minus 475 against the money line. Uh, the Texans are plus 360. The over under is 45, and we have the Tennessee Titans winning this game. Packers versus the Minnesota Vikings. Um, as uh, the uh, AJ has uh, hated on the Minnesota, hates the Minnesota Vikings with uh, as much uh, spite as possible, so he's got he's got Green Bay winning them. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, the spread here is minus two point five, so three for in favor of Green Bay. Money lines minus one forty for Green Bay Packers, plus one twenty for the Minnesota Vikings. Over under is forty nine, and we have Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers uh, with Aaron Rodgers coming back beating the Minnesota Vikings. 49ers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. After the shellacking the 49ers gave the Rams on, on Monday Night Football, we've got the uh, 49ers covering the seven-point spread and the money line minus 280, plus 230 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The over-under is 46, but 49ers should beat the Jacksonville Jaguars handily. Next game we have here at the 405 on CBS is the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Raiders. This at this point is a is a pick 'em game. Um, looks like the uh, Vegas has this as minus one spread for the for Cincinnati, plus one for the uh, Raiders. Money lines minus one twenty for the Bengals, plus one hundred for the Raiders, and the over under is fifty. Uh, so really, the uh, Vegas had no way to go. They're kind of calling it this fifty fifty, but we have Cincinnati beating the Raiders. Uh, looks like another four o'clock game, four twenty-five. We have Arizona Cardinals versus Seattle Seahawks. We were we don't really have faith in Russell Wilson in that finger just yet. Uh, the Seahawks are the minus three three uh, favorites. And, uh, my, uh, money lines minus one thirty-five, plus one fifteen for the Seahawks. Over under is forty-nine points. We have Arizona covering that spread and beating the Seahawks. The Sunday night football game on NBC is the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to break the rule that we created in the first week, and that that is don't bet against Mike Tomlin. We're going to bet against Mike Tomlin on this one. And we've got the uh, Chargers covering their uh, minus five spread in the minus, uh, and we've also uh, Chargers on the minus 240 money line. Over under 47. We've got the Chargers handling uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. Which leaves our last our last game on Monday Night Football is Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New, uh, New York Giants and uh, Tampa Bay is minus eleven spread plus five fifty on the money line the over under is fifty points and we've got Tampa Bay beating the New York Giants because uh, Daniel Jones and he's awful so yeah that covers up Lauren's fastest minute in the NFL there you go ladies and gentlemen everyone else thank you so much for sticking around we really appreciate. Appreciate y'all. It's so, it's kind of late here, so words are hard, but we appreciate you being here. Uh, stay tuned to our Instagram at the Go Deep Podcast. Uh, 
We always post up, you know, pictures, funny memes, whatever strikes our fancy. But as always, go deep. Go, go deep. deep.